Welcome to the Betterism Podcast, a learning community seeking out life's unusual lessons from its unlikely places. I'm your host, Glenn Binger, author, teacher, and coach, and I'm here to help spark some collective growth. I hope you'll stick around and teach us a thing or two, but first, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Two Key Customs. Two Key Customs, always heartfelt, homemade, handmade, unique art items. Uh, Two Key Customs is a husband and wife duo, Steve and Lindsay Zimieski. Um, They founded in 2014, around the time of their wedding, actually to make some of their invitations. Um, And they just kind of continued making stuff for friends and families ever since. Um, Their focus really is on chapbooks and zines for poetry, short stories, uh, various art. Um, but their goal is really to release at least one project per month for each year. Um, they're actually already have an incredible lineup schedule. I got a little sneak peek on that. Um, they create custom homemade paper goods for any special event, regardless of the reason or the size of each occasion. Um, they do invitations, save the dates, flyers, thank yous, anything in between. Uh, they even do apparel. So definitely reach out, check them out. Um, you can holler over on Instagram at two key customs two spelled out two W O. Um, they really appreciate the uniqueness and importance of each event in their clients lives. And they're really happy to create something that's custom, like truly custom and unique just for you. They're also open to collaboration. So if you have an idea, uh, something you're looking for, feel free to reach out. They're very, very open-minded and welcoming. Um, even if it's just to answer a couple questions. So again, that's two key customs, New Jersey hometown heroes, homemade, handmade, always heartfelt. All right. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Betterism Podcast. You know me. I'm your host, Glenn. Today's guest, a mutual friend of a few of our previous guests, Kathy Curto, is a writer, a professor, and a teacher artist. Kathy, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing okay, thanks. The sun is shining today, which is a good a good start. Yes, uh, definitely a big turnaround from the winter we've had. Um, <laughs> coming off a year now of um, COVID life. <laughs> I know, I know. Got to appreciate the little things, you know? Absolutely. Um, so you and I... I figured we would kind of start off here. You and I have a mutual contact. Um, and, you know, we, we had been in contact on, I believe it was Instagram uh, for a year or so now. We were talking about, uh, before we started recording, about I was trying to get you on the next uh, set list for Stories by the Sea. Um, one of our previous contacts, actually previous guests on the show, Joanna uh, Valenti, um, kind of connected us sort of <laughs> unintentionally. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if we could kind of start there. Yeah. I was wondering if we can kind of start there. How do you guys, um, how did you guys get linked up? I know you did a little bit of a book tour previously, um, but do you want to kind of talk about there? We kind of so branch off. I, I really, you know, it's, it's, um, and that's why what I just said, you know, those are the best kinds. I, I met Joanna at a, um, at a reading at a phenomenal bookstore um, in Philadelphia called A Novel Idea. They were so welcoming to me and to a few of the other um, people who read that evening. Uh, this was after my book came out. And, you know, I was really moved by her work. 
Uh, we had, you know, we didn't, I mean, we talked a bit after the, after the reading, we haven't had, you know, much contact at all, except for, you know, sort of following each other on social media and, you know, engaging with, you know, I, I mean, I love her work and um, I think lately she's been, she's been offering more photographs, which are really moved me. Um, but we just, you know, we just had a nice, we had a nice evening with the other writers and, and readers and then I was, you know, following your podcast and, and listened to um, to the episode where she was one of your, you know, where she was your guest. And I just, I mean, I was engaged, you know, very engaged with a lot of what, you know, she was saying about making art and about writing. And so it was, a, you know, it's a nice connection. And I do believe that those sometimes unintentional um, connections or collaborations that happen are, you know, the sweetest ones. Yeah they end up being sometimes the most authentic mm -hmm. as well. I, I mean, I can't, you know, I don't get me wrong. Like I think social media does have benefits to an extent of, you know, networking and, and forming communities, but there's something totally different about those, um, those live events, of course, pre COVID, but Absolutely. those like those reading series and uh, places like a novel idea, which like you said, phenomenal venue. Um, those kind of networks that you, link up with people at those kinds of things um outlast things like social media like I, I can't express how much my network has grown because of the in-person connections with just you know being on a on a set list to go read some of your fiction or your poetry somewhere yeah um, for sure it, it extends so far so um i guess we could kind of talk about your let's start off with your um your book sure yeah so yeah. what's it called? And you were doing the, I, I believe this was, I want to say almost two years ago. Um, what's it called? What's it about? What brought you to the, the book touring life mm. and so forth? If, you know, it's funny. It feels, um, oh, I don't know. Time is such a wild thing, right? I was about to say yeah. it feels like it was so long ago. And on one hand, it does feel that way. Um, but on the other hand, it doesn't. So, uh, so the book, um, the book is called "Not for Nothing: Glimpses into a Jersey Girlhood." Uh, and I, and I'm just to roll back for a second. You know, I, I know you and I did connect. I was actually looking back at, you know, in my in my files and things, and you and I connected because I, you know, I was um, really moved by stories by the sea and the, the idea of it. And we, even though I live in Thank the Hudson you. Valley now, I, you know, the book is about growing up on the Jersey shore and mm -hmm. I was spend, I do spend, uh, you know, my family's still all on the Jersey shore. So I spend a decent amount of time there throughout the year, but particularly in the summer. So I was amped about, um, coming to an in-person event, um, and doing stories by the sea with you. And hopefully we'll have a chance to meet in person and do that at some point soon. Uh, so that I was back so in, I think it was back in July of 2019 when I first, um, when you and I first connected with each other, uh, the book came out in December of 2018. Uh, so it was at the very end of the year and okay. it is a, um, it's a series of glimpses, really. Uh, it is, you know, it is, it's been, it's been called a short form memoir. It's, it's sort of categorized as memoir. Um, some of the chapters are quite short, meaning like one paragraph. Um, other chapters are a handful of pages, but it really does, um, you know, present a specific time period in my life uh, through um, glimpses and very much in the, you know, scene driven work is what I talk about when I talk about, 
mm-hmm. um, my book, but also when I when I teach too, and just talk to students about making, um, you know, scene driven work. Uh, so yeah, that was back in December of 2018 that it, it was released, and then I spent, you know, I spent a year, um, which I knew I wanted to do. It was pretty intentional. I spent a year, uh, you know, kind of just rolling around and doing book readings and meeting people and and promoting it. Um, and that was really cool. And 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 I, you know, it's one of those experiences also where. I did it for a year. I was obviously I was still working and teaching and freelancing and stuff, but I I'm still learning from that, even though it ended. <laughs> like I'm still right. learning. I'm still remembering and learning and thinking, oh, I could have done that better, or oh wow, I can't believe I did that. I never thought I'd be able to do something like that. So um it's a it's I, I feel like those are those experiences are really um the precious ones when they they kind of linger in, in a good in a way that's valuable and and yeah yeah that i mean ultimately this is why i wanted to get you on the show is because i know you approach um you you approach things and events and situations in that realm in that um in that lens i should say um and that that vibes very much well with what betterism is and what betterism is trying to promote Mm -hmm. that that act of like reflecting back on life experiences and trying to learn from them um good or bad I mean, obviously, hopefully the good ones more so than the bad ones, but, you know, both sides of that coin. Um, I want to ask, how were you able to manage so many different hats at the same time? Writing a book is a long process, but then you're also, I mean, you're, you're, you're a professor, you're a teacher, you uh, do freelance work, um, if you have family life, personal life. How are you able to manage all of those things at the same time? and also go on a book tour. Yeah, so thank you for, I mean, thank you for asking the question. It's it's a question I, um, peop, you know, I mean, I, I've asked others and certainly that did come up when I was talking about the book right after it came out. I, it's, and it's, it's a, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to answer it. Um, I think the first thing is, it, it's going to sound a bit, um, well, I'm just going to say, I mean, I am a one day at a timer. <laughs> you know, mm. I, I really believe that one day at a time is, a, is, 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 a, it, it helps keep me kind of grounded. Um, you know, staying in the day, I have a little postcard that I actually made uh, and, and I hung it up in, in our kitchen. It's, it says stay in the day. So I think just that, that, you know, that on the, on the days that things are going well, if I'm grounded and centered, that can, that can be helpful is just knowing that like, you know, I have stuff that I want to do today and that's what my focus is going to be. Um, but I say that also being really, you know, honest and transparent. I mean, I'm also to some degree, I am a planner. Um, so there's that balancing act, you know, there's that balancing act of that. So my book, I mean, my book took over, 10 years for me to write. <laughs> so maybe I oh, wow. put that okay. out there because that's pretty important. Um, and yeah. at times I had, you know, at times that was, that, that really like bothered me that it was taking so long. And, and there were a lot of reasons for that. Um, so I was chipping away at it because I was working because I do, you know, I have, I have a family. My kids were, were obviously younger at, the, you know, then, um, all of yeah. my kids are in their twenties right now. So, um, so they sort of, we, we kind of, 
I mean, in some ways I think about it now, and I, I do think maybe I'll write about this at some point. I mean, um, I was writing the book when my kids were to some extent coming of age. I was coming of age, even though, you know, in a different way, um, because I was writing right. my first book, um, you know, after, you know, having had children and, you know, in the midst of working. So, so I, it is one day at a time. It is um, recognizing that th some things are going to take a longer time than you ever imagined uh, and sort of finding a place for the frustration and just keep, you know, continue to chip away at it. Also, writing communities are essential. I was you know, I've been a yes. part of various communities who have been really supportive of my work. Um, and I think, too, deriving the support that I I, I did like just the support that I, that I received from my family too, along the way, you know, starting with my husband, my kids, my, you know, my, my family, my siblings. I mean, and I'm not saying that they, because really they didn't necessarily, they were not my readers, you know, as I was making the work, right. but just knowing that, that I was chipping away at something, um, they always, all of them always supported me in that. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a bit of a seesaw, you know, it's a bit of a balancing act, but to me, staying in the day, one day at a time, and whatever that means to you, you know, some people are yoga, some people are walks, some people are putting on the headphones and blasting, you know, crazy music that feels right, and whatever it <laughs> is that can be centering, keeping you in the day, communication, talking. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, I hope that answers your question a bit. No, absolutely. You know, I, I tend to think of it, I think of life in the same way beyond just, you know, my work, um, that, that each day is kind of centered around progress, not mm -hmm. perfection, right? Like mm -hmm. you're trying to make those baby steps each day to attack that larger goal. And everyone of course has their own system and their own approach to managing that, um, especially with their own circumstances, um, personal life and otherwise. Um, do you have any, like specifics, like do you use like to-do lists? I, I mean, I know you're a teacher mm -hmm. and we teachers yeah. tend to have very planned and organized uh, mind yeah. frames, but do you have any like specific systems that yeah. you use in order to manage yeah, your day-to-day? -day? So I definitely, I definitely do. So on um, sort of the practical concrete answer to that is I am still um, a paper calendar person, which cracks mm -hmm. several people up in my life. Um, and, and, and lately, which is even more, um, kind of hilarious, infuriating, or just anxiety producing to the wrong, you know, to, to, to certain people. Um, I actually have two calendars, two paper calendars. So it's kind of funny, but I do, I do use a paper calendar, which then does entail in my calendar. I do, you know, have sort of a to-do list in there, you know, my, my appointments right. or my classes. Um, and it's all in this, you know, in this paper calendar that I, and I don't really, I mean, it's very, it's extremely um, scribbled, you know, it, it's very scribbly looking. Um, I, yes, messy. it's very yeah. messy. And, um, but I understand it and it works for me. So I do use to-do lists um, or a form of those in this paper calendar. Um, and I, you know, I typically will look at my calendar in the evening before, you know, not right before I go to bed, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll, before I move into just like trying to, because as I'm going to jump around for a bit, but as, as a writer and a teacher, Please, um, yeah. you know, probably that there's never a time where there isn't work to be done. And I know that there are a lot of other yeah. professions where that's the case as well. Um, 
but there's there's always i mean purely because the world is our laboratory there is always something to jot down <laughs> there's always an idea mm -hmm. that you can make something with like every minute of the day which can be overwhelming but can also be like amazing right it can be so freeing yeah. and liberating so i do have um this calendar that i jot things into to do a to-do list of sorts but also just ideas and things and um and then i usually look at it you know at in the evening so i know you know just an idea of where i'm going the next day um lately i'm not going anywhere but my you know my desk which has been a whole other experience and you and i i know talked about that briefly this idea of not being on campus or on on site at you know at events but that's going to change so um so yeah two lists uh, writing things down is critical for me in my work as obviously as a writer, but also even as a listener and, and as a doer yeah. as well. I, I have to write down things that I am planning on doing. Um, and so that works for me too. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's pretty much, you know, that's kind of the way I roll with regard to the, the, uh, the keeping track sort of thing. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I would say that it's 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 a, and it's funny you asked the question about lists too. I'm actually teaching a class first time I'm teaching it coming up in May. It's an online class. Um, it's called Letters and Lists, and um, and it is because I've done research on you know how letter writing and list making can actually become literature in and of itself, but also how it can be yeah. a way to get ourselves going with stories that we want to tell or with you know just with 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 literature we want to make writing a letter or writing a list can be a great way to get moving on the page so i'm actually teaching a six-week class on that and i'm excited about it i'm doing some research and finding really cool stuff yeah i love that i, I was actually going to ask about that too my you know my brain is very much aligned with your process i mean i keep to-do lists and calendars too. It's funny you mentioned you have two separate ones and I'm, I'm curious to see if this is how you do it, but I have one for, you know, my professional life with, with teaching. And then I also have one for like personal life with like, you know, writing projects, yep. chores around yep. the house, you know, what needs to be done. Um, I'd be curious to see if yours kind of falls into similar categories or not, but I wanted to kind of uh, pull out that, that thread of the, the teaching element of that too. You mentioned, um, lists and letters and how they can help us develop our own stories, our own narratives, our own literature in the process. Um, how, how do things like that, where we experience that so almost from day to day, and again, this can definitely be on, uh, go beyond uh, paper and pen, but um, how does something like that, that you experience in your own life, then translate into curriculum like how do you turn that from this is something that i found helps me and other writers and now i want to teach you know my my writer students how to kind of use that same lens how do you make that connection between you know concrete mm -hmm. real life examples to okay now i'm going to turn yeah. around and teach this because i think at the higher ed levels it's a little bit different than where i'm at in secondary um, in middle school you know with a specific curriculum i have to follow where i can only pull little pieces Absolutely. i can't shape an entire Absolutely. curriculum and it. i just want to say to you that i you know i admire um i admire what you do and all of your colleagues who are working um you know within within i mean within a system where you know you do have a a specific curriculum to follow you have 
um, a little bit less wiggle room with regard to just, you know, taking, um, you know, taking a, an idea or even a current event perhaps and just running with it for the whole, you know, day, you know. Um, and right, I'm sure right, I can right. tell, I, I think, that someone like you would love to be able to have that kind of, you know, freedom and flexibility. And I would imagine that you probably make it work quite well in the classroom, just knowing the kind of work that you do and the kind of, you know, the values that you stand for. I try. Yeah, no, I, I know. And, and so just for the record, I actually, you know, I teach, um, I teach at the college level. Uh, I've never taught you know, K through 12. I mean, I, I, and that's, I go into the classroom as, as a teaching artist in those classrooms, but I'm not with those students mm -hmm. in the way that you are and your colleagues. And I just, I have a lot of appreciation um, for teachers who are doing that, that kind of work with that kind of, you know, um, you know, just in that kind of continual uh, way. So right, two things, right, right. two things to answer your question that just come to mind. One is um, with my, um, with my college students. And I also, I mean, I do teach, I teach adult learners as well. And, and I can talk a little more about that. Just the, the passion I have for teaching a variety of age groups, which I love. I, I don't, yeah, I don't do. like to be just in one specific um, age group or other groups. I mean, I really like kind of, uh, you know, I thrive on trying to diversify in a lot of different ways, the people that I'm writing with and the right. students that I'm teaching because I feel like it just opens up everybody's minds. Um, but so one way that I've used um, a letter in a, in a, you know, more kind of traditional classroom setting in the, in the, with my um, freshman uh, composition writers uh, at, in college at the university level, when, when they come in and like one of their first papers, you know, there's the question, you know, let's, let's figure out your thesis statement. What do you want to be writing about? What do you, you know, what is your point? What is your, you know, what's the point that you're trying to make? I'll oftentimes, because that can just be a struggle and that can be intimidating to a lot of students, even though students, you know, learn that in high school, it's still, especially for freshmen, because they come in and feel sure. like I need to be, you know, I need to know all this as a, as a, you know, as a college student. So a lot of times I'll say, let's forget about the thesis statement for a minute. Write me a letter that just tells me what you're interested in exploring. Write me a letter. And I feel like the minute I say that, there's like, like we're exhaling together, you know? The minute I say, just mm -hmm. all I want, the homework mm -hmm. for tonight is for you to write me a letter about the topic you want to explore, you know, why you want to explore it, where do you think it comes from? And I give them a list, like I give them some ideas and talking points or, or letter writing points, you know, to make that, you know, just to get them, sure. give them some framework. But so, and oftentimes that will just be what demystifies the whole thing, you know, and, and it's because they're writing, mm -hmm. it's automatically more personal, you know, so that's one way that I've right, used it. Right. And then with my other with my other students and with those students as well, but more with creative writing, um, in the creative writing setting or classroom or workshop environment, I'll often give prompts that are list centric, you know? So, you know, one of my prompts might be, write a list of the items in your home that, you know, that have meaning for you or write a list of the your favorite smell, you, you know, write a list, not even your favorite, write a list of smells from your childhood you know, from your childhood kitchen, write a list of, um, I, I yeah. teach about the, some of what I teach too in the, in the creative writing classroom is about the sensory experience and how our senses can 
take us into the stories that we want and have to tell. And so the senses are a big deal for me. So, you know, I'll just give prompts like that, like, you know, write a list of the five expressions that you grew up with, you know, verbal expressions that you grew up with that you've never forgotten. Mm. And from there, from one list, you have five potential stories, you know? Um, so it kind of just yeah. like, I just feel like it just loosens things up a bit. It kind of like, and I, and I don't really, I try not to do like the top five or the top 10. Cause the minute you say top, then it's like, okay, now I have to worry that I have to put it in an order, you know? Um, so if you, mm. you know, if you just, interesting. I don't know. I, I feel like I try to, as, as you said, actually with this podcast, the laid back, like I just, you know, there's a lot in this world that makes our shoulders like go higher than they need to be. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that we have right. to focus on in a very serious and important and, you know, tight way because it's deserving of that. And I get that and I value, you know, and I, I honor that. But I also think there are times that people get worried about things like writing when I think if there's if there's a you know, if there's a way to be to create a more supportive, warmer environment, I think, you know, I just I support that, obviously, because I think people have incredible stories to tell. And a lot yeah. of times they can't or, or won't or don't because it's it's all tight and worrisome, you know. Right, right. It's interesting too. You know, that's like you said, that's kind of the goal of the podcast is I'm, I'm trying to help people remember that like learning doesn't always have to take place in those formal academic settings. And no. not that there's anything wrong with that. I think there is a, like you said, in life, Absolutely. there's a time and a place for it. But uh, in our, in our westernized mindset, I mean, you know, <laughs> almost centuries into capitalism here, uh, I should say late stage capitalism, we have this mindset of of things needing to be serious mm -hmm. all the time. And even things like writing that are meant to be, or any art, I should say, that are meant to be, you know, fun and, and purposeful and um, pursued in such a way that kind of uh, turns the other direction mm -hmm. from like the serious mm -hmm. side of it, right? And, you know, we're, we feel this pressure now to be like constantly hustling and like turning your hobbies into a business and not that there's anything wrong with that but as far as the thinking and the sanity behind that goes like you you have to remember the whole purpose of creating things without structure is to settle that non-serious side of your brain to to kind of balance the two sides out because that's how we ultimately learn best right. is, is both settings the the serious the formal side and then also the, the the laid back side, the, the side where you're just listening to a conversation between two strangers as if you're a right. fly on the wall kind of thing. Like, you know, learning in that sense, in that regard affects our, our unconscious and our subconscious in such a way that you can't teach in school. You can't sit in a row of desks and learn that. That's something that kind of comes with practice and experience and, and kind of like discovering that path on your own and then having, you know, right. the to walk down that path. Exactly. Um, and it, it's, it's a beautiful thing too. I, I like how you mentioned with the lists, how you don't want to, um, you don't want to create a sense of category, uh, categorization, right? Like making that, that ranking system, because that kind of, then that, that turns on the side yeah. of our brain that is yeah. more serious, right? It's like, cause it puts that pressure on. So how in your, with your students, 
you know, some of which who, um, you know, the age varies from, from uh, young adult mm-hmm. to, to adult, mm-hmm. right? How do you kind of instill that sense of, uh, of relaxation in the learning process? And I know your focus is primarily mm-hmm. in writing courses, but how do you instill that sense of like, okay, it's, you can take a deep breath right. and still learn. It's okay. Even though you're in, you're in academia where, you know, uh, grades and certifications and degrees and things like that, like yeah, that's the, the serious side of it. Right. So h- how yeah, do you balance so, those two um, out? So, you know, I teach at Montclair state university and, um, and there obviously we have, you know, students I've taught, um, you know, I've taught in the writing studies department where we're doing composition and, and more recently I've taught creative nonfiction in the creative writing, um, department. And, you know, I mean, what I'll do, uh, I'll, in the beginning of the semester, I will say, to, I think communication is a big deal in, in part of, part of my answer is going mm-hmm. to be communication and just trying to, trying to help the students understand that, you know, I'm here, I'm your professor, but as you said earlier, I'm your teacher and and I'm a human being and, you know, and, and I've struggled and I talk a lot. I try to, um, without, you know, I, I try to do it in a way that hopefully is accessible and comforting and talk a lot about the fact that, you know, I still consider myself a student, you know, and I know the feeling of like yeah. wanting to know the right answer, you know, and wanting to know, like, if right, I put a right. poem on the board, you know, the, the, I know the feeling of, you know, when, when the poem was on the board and I was the student and my heart, you know, I started getting heart palpitations because I wanted to know like what the poem was about, because I know that's what, the, you know, is going to be the question or, and so I try to sort right, of just say, right. you know, first of all, if you are feeling any of those, you know, feelings or sensations or, or, or concerns, it's really important to talk about that with me early on so that I can have a better sense of who you are as a learner, who, you know, how, how you, how you work when you're under a degree of stress. I mean, obviously, as a teacher, I'm sure you really, some, some stress is actually really valuable and good and helpful, you know? I mean, um, yeah. so right. I try to focus on communication as one answer to the question um, and just say, look, you know, I'm, I'm available to you. Let's, you know, shoot me an email or, you know, just be available to my students as much as, as, much as possible. Obviously, we all have to have our boundaries and, you know, but um, so that's sure, one yeah. way. Um, and then with regard to, you know, with regard to that, those classes, as well as my adult learners and, you know, the non-matriculated classes that I teach, what I have been doing more, and I started it really like, I started it just before the pandemic, but it's been hugely valuable during the pandemic. At the beginning of every class, um, I do, um, I call it the 10 minute toss, which is sort of a spin on um, the 10 minute spill, which is a, comes from Rita Dove, the poet. And I just, I, there's a series of questions that I just ask every, you know, that I put on the board or that I, now I've been putting it on Zoom and it's basically just 10 minutes. And it's, you know, it's kind of like journaling or it's kind of like list making wherever you want to go on the page in that moment. Um, I ask questions like, you know, where is your heart? What are, what is your body saying to you right now? 
what needs to find a place on the page, where's your mind, you know, just very simple. And they don't have to answer all of them. They don't even have to answer any of them, but it's a 10 minute, it's an opportunity to just come in and just ground yourself with, with language and with the written word on a piece of paper for yourself. I call it like calisthenics, you know, it's like stretch. Um, and so I've been doing yeah. that really for the past year. And I have students who've actually created essays out of things that, you know, that they, that came out of that 10 minute toss. Um, so that's been another uh, strategy mm. as well. Um, so communication and sort of, I guess you'd say free writing, but I know everybody has different ways of thinking about free writing or, you know, you know, it's really, to me, it's just, yeah. it's really just kind of going to the page and stretching, you know, opening up. And right. Well, I like how you, I like how you incorporated that into um, into your, your daily lessons there, that active free writing journaling. Like I find with myself, I know a lot of what I write, my stories, my blog posts, you know, uh, my fiction, whatever it is. I, a lot of it stems from mm-hmm. my, mm-hmm. my notebook, my journal, right? Like I'll just start off, like it'll, it I call them my scribbles, yep. right? My yep. Saturday scribbles or my Sunday scribbles. And it kind of just turns into something. It morphs into something down the road. Not always. I mean, of course there's you know, I have notebooks and notebooks that have sure. <laughs> I've been writing since I was a little kid. I keep all of them next to my desk here. But uh, my point is that the the ideas and like you said, that unwinding of putting yourself onto the page turn into these these thoughts, these ideas, these projects that you like never would have comprehended in the first place had you not sat down to actually like unload yourself without any restrictions right so i kind of i like how you incorporate that into your your instruction i think that's that's a beautiful opportunity for students um to kind of like you said like get their get into the flow of writing without the stress of like the grade the degree you know the that that poem on the board feeling what does this mean you know um and i'm glad you kind of went there too how has how has COVID protocols affected your classroom? I, I mean, you and I both know that teaching in person versus teaching on Zoom exactly. is incredibly exactly. different. How has that adjusted in your classroom? Yeah. With, yeah. I mean, you're working with older people. You know, I'm working with younger kids, so it's a totally different world. But I'm curious, how has that affected so, your instruction? Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely affected things. Uh, and, and, and I'm, I feel like I'm now able to, I don't know that I would have been able to do this maybe seven months ago, but I really do feel like now I'm able to see it through a bit of a wider lens and able to see it, you know, and, and able to actually see some of the positives of the virtual experience. I, I don't think that six right. or seven months ago, I, I would have necessarily gone there because, you know, like so many of us, I, 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 I really, I have a connection with my students. I enjoy listening to them, being with them physically. And Zoom also has its own variety of exhaustion that is, you know, was a whole new thing for me. You know, that kind of exhaustion and trying to yes. be able to read my the faces of my students through a screen um, you know, that was just, that just was all very new. And, and as I said, in a, in a weird, it's just a weird kind of tiredness of that particular experience. But now yeah. I will say that um, I will second that <laughs> I, so it's affected 
you know, we've all had to adjust to technology in the good and the bad of it, right? And when something when something goes wrong or when there's right. like a hiccup or when, when something shuts down, I mean, I think all of us have become, I feel to some degree more patient when that happens. So that's one thing, my students, myself, like, okay, I you know, if I lose the internet, like just hang in the room and I'm gonna try to get back on and, you know, and I'll use the text to text one of the students and mm -hmm. say, you know, I'm, I'm coming in or something like that. So those are more practical things. Um, I think that, I mean, I will say that with my non-matriculated classes and workshops that I run out of, uh, like for example, at, at Sarah Lawrence, there's the Writing Institute and I teach classes through that, um, through that institute. And so they, you know, they now have, I mean, I had, I had students from Australia. I had students from all over the world during COVID. When, when that wasn't necessarily oh, the wow. case before because okay. I was teaching only in person. So that's another really beautiful yeah. lining of some sort, whether it's silver, gold, platinum. I mean, that's up to, the, you know, anybody to decide, but I, I do believe <laughs> that that's a beautiful lining that is in place now that I think will actually continue because I'm open to continuing teaching, you know, virtually, but I also know that I need to couple that with teaching in person again, you know, I'm, I'm open to sort of sure, you know, recognizing, right. wow, this is kind of a cool thing. Now we can, you know, if I have the opportunity to, to do both, I will. Um, so that's been a good thing. I mean, the, like I said, the negative I think has just been that, you know, it gets tiring for all of us in a different way. Um, I love being on campus. I love yeah. being in a classroom. I love to be able to look at my students as they're reading their work aloud to the class and, and look at their face and their bodies and just, and look at the other people responding to it. Like, you know, a lot of the work that I, I, mm -hmm. a lot of the, a lot of the work that my students read are, is work that, you know, some of these stories they've never, they've never said before, you know, they've never, um, so right, I do miss exactly. that, but I'm just, I guess the, to kind of pull it around, I'm just trying to find a way to, um, you know, I'm really trying to find a way to um, take what we've learned and take some of the, the you know, the linings that have been new discoveries that have been sort of valuable and, and find a way to put that together with the stuff that I miss desperately and I know I'm going to want to get back to, like meeting a student for coffee at the snack bar, you know, not this because I can, you know, because right. they came up to me right. after class and said, I'm having a hard time and I want to get this work done, but I need somebody to help ground me. And I'm like, all right, let's just, let's meet for 15 minutes and figure out a plan. Or if a student comes up and says, I'm getting something published, you know, I just got my first, you know, publication. And I'm like, that's, I'm going to, let's, I'm going to buy you a cup of coffee and celebrate, you know, and everything in between. So, right. um, right. that's a lot. I get, I, I answered in a, in a very long way. Sorry about that. <laughs> No, no, that's, that's exact. This is why I love the long form, long form podcast medium for that reason. Cause I think it's, it's one thing, and not that I'm hating on short form podcasts, but there's a difference between like, right. you know, edited together clips right. and then like right. actual, like raw conversation like this. I think, I think that's important because you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the, the yeah. difficulties and the strengths, right? Like there's, there's pros and cons to this digital realm. And I think you did very well expressing both sides of that coin. Um, the, the thing that I find the most challenging is that uh, the nonverbal stuff, like you were talking about uh, with your students reading their work. I find that, you know, with, with middle scores, it's tough because we don't really get a chance to share our work in that same venue. Um, right. I mean, of course there's chances to share work and there's opportunities for that. Um, 
but right. it's different on zoom right i mean i have i have right. some kids right. that just won't even turn their camera on so it's it's difficult to kind of like read body language like that that is not only helping me understand whether or not the kid is learning the stuff but also to like just you know on a more personal right. level like right. are they happy are they sad are they frustrated are they angry is something else distracting them right like those are all aspects of the classroom that um not only affect uh, me as a teacher, but also the student and their experience in their own learning. And it's, that's, that's been my challenge this whole year is trying to engage students on that level of, um, valuing the growth they're making, celebrating the wins and, you know, helping through the struggles, like those kinds of things digitally are so much more difficult, especially with somebody who's still like with adults, like for the most part, adults kind of know how they learn, Whereas kids, like they're still figuring that out, right? Like they're still figuring out, like I learned best by writing. I learned best by listening. I learned best by watching, right? Whereas adults, like you kind of, for the most part, once you hit your 20s, you have a better understanding of that. And of course, no one's ever done growing, but you have an understanding of how you learn best, right? And I think that that plays a role, especially with, you know, sharing something you wrote. I mean, that's something that's, you're putting yourself in a vulnerable situation where, you know, you have classmates and peers who might not see things the way you see things. And then to couple that with yeah. that anxiety of like doing it on Zoom as opposed to like in person. Um, I mean, this is that's part of the reason why I started Stories by the Sea. Right? Like that reading series that I tried to create before COVID kind of crushed it. I was trying to kind of help spread the uh, the spoken word mm-hmm. art along the Jersey Shore here. And the reason behind that is not only because, like, mm-hmm. you know, you see it mm-hmm. in places like New York and Philly, like these artistic areas of the country. But, you know, the Jersey Shore is full of art. You have music, you have uh, painting, you have sculptures, you have all these all these different mediums. But like the that spoken word element was kind of missing. So I was trying to kind of fill the gap there because I know people who um, give all of their heart into their into their work we're missing yeah, that that piece especially around here right because that that ability to share things you know as an artist is not only like oh celebrating the work but it's also subconsciously like Definitely. learning how Definitely. to communicate right i mean that's i i've made it i think it was my last podcast episode we talked about like i i the reason i one of the reasons i started the podcast was to um try to expand and grow upon my own communication skills. I'm a really good writer, but I feel like speaking wise, I'm not the best. So I'm trying to grow there. And I think with stories by the sea, that was kind of my intent was like a fun way to kind of celebrate those, those little moments, but also help people kind of find their niche, find their, their, their ability to grow and speak. I love it. I love love what you just said. Um, I I, I love the idea of, of wanting to celebrate spoken word. I love the idea of recognizing that, you know, you're, you're living and working in a place that has so many gems and so many, um, you know, so much beauty and so much kind of grit and so much, um, I mean, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. And, and, you know, in the, in the spoken word events that I've been part of as a reader, um, and ones that I've attended as a listener, um, in various cities. I mean, everywhere from, you know, I'm just really throughout the country on some level. Um, I, I, of course, you know, and some are better than others, obviously. I mean, I think timing is, is essential. I think I know a few people who curate spoken word events oh, yeah. and they say the same thing, like, you know, there's a certain point where, 
and it's like anything else, I guess, but you know, where like, it's time, it's time for it to end, you know? Um, but um, right. I, I think right, right. what I love about it, and most of the time when I leave a spoken word event, it, this comes to my mind in some way and to my heart as well. You know, we live in a, we live in a culture where, as we know, you know, the images, the pace, the, the instant gratification, the, the fast sort of and furious of, you know, so many things that, that we have in front of us to take in. There's something so beautiful and pleasurable about just sitting and listening to someone tell a story. And when you think about it, it's almost like, you know, for, for the lucky ones, that goes back to when we were very, very young. You know, there's something so, there's just something yeah. really magical about it. And, and I think that keeping up and, and continuing with those sorts of events and, and instilling them into communities and, and encouraging that kind of, um, that kind of art to be made is really a service. And I thank you for doing that. I think it's great. And I'm, and as I said, the stories by the sea, I mean, I just can't wait to be able to come and listen, or maybe at some point participate. I mean, it's just such a, I was so excited to be, you know, connecting with you with that as our base. And then of course, obviously it changed, but um, I love it. I love that, that, and it's, you know, right. I've met, and that's the other thing, writing community. Like I've met people at, at events and we're still in touch with each other because there was a chemistry and our work is similar or, I'm, you know, so yeah, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. For sure. Well, you are, you definitely have a spot oh, whenever we get this going again, you will be on the set list for sure. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's with, with social media, there's, you only see like the, the polished finished ending, like the videos you see on TikTok or Instagram, or whatever social media, like they're edited, they're curated. Like that wasn't raw. Right. Whereas when you're at an event like this, you're seeing somebody read their work mm -hmm. in live real time, right? Like you see someone online and, you know, of course there's live streams and stuff like that. I'm not saying all social media, but for the most part, it's, it's polished, it's Photoshopped. Whereas these, these live events, mm -hmm. you see readers mess up or stumble over their words. And, you know, that's a, that's a skill set of learning how to like, you know, yeah, oh, I, I messed yeah. up this word. I got to yeah, start absolutely. over and like, be embarrassed by it or or vice versa like learn how to you know yeah. practice reading in a mirror before you go and read in front of people like those are skill sets that um extend well mm -hmm. beyond you know the writing community i mean that's something you know, anyone who has to do any kind of presentational professional career has that skill set in there but that's something that everyone really needs to i mean i mean i remember um, taking classes to become a teacher in college. Yeah. And one of the courses we had was public speaking. Yeah. I had to get up in front of, you know, 50 classmates and like deliver yeah, no, a speech about like, yeah, a lot of my, my students like that, are education like, majors, they all have to take public speaking. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. And the other thing I think too, yeah. as you were talking, it made me, it made me, um, just remember this aspect of it too. I also think, you know, I'm very much a process person. Um, I, I, I sometimes I will even say to my students, mm -hmm. if they're not ready to share the piece that they just wrote from the prompts, then you can just share what it was like to write it, you know, like just talk, let's talk about the process. Like, so, because I think that's so important. Yes. And so what I want to say, as you were talking, it made me, you know, remember, I've actually gone to a few spoken word events where I was either 
you know, where I was either one of the readers that was up on the roster or I was, you know, I participated in the open mic and I've read things that were brand new and, you know, things that I just like pieces that I was, that I just made. And I, I'll say that, you know, like this is new. I, I'm, I'm not sure where this is going. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing it because I feel like I want to hear myself share, you know, I want to hear myself read it to a group. And, you know, this is a brand new piece and there's something, and, and I know when I'm at events as an right. audience member and people say that I, there's something exhilarating about that. Like, I feel like there's something very energizing mm-hmm. about knowing that you're potentially hearing something that is, you know, is like in the works, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a piece of art or I'm not, you mm-hmm. know, it's a piece of writing, a piece of art. It's a new something that doesn't even really have a complete form yet. But, and that's, I, to me, I just feel like it's, again, right. I know I used this word before, but it is on some level a service to a community. Um, you know, I did a reading back in, um, this was when it was, it was when I was reading for my book and another wonderful, wonderful Jersey based, um, shout out to halfway there, uh, literary series. They are wonderful. Yes. And I did a reading, um, in Montclair through their literary series and one of the other writers, and I'm, I'm so bothered because I can't remember who it was, used the term, um, being a good literary citizen. And I'll, I have never forgotten it because I feel like it, re, it just was, it reminded me that, you know, we have, we provide a service when we tell our stories. I mean, obviously as teachers and as, and people who have careers, I mean, hopefully we're all providing services and, you know, to one another and whatever we're doing in our workplaces. Um, sure. But and, and obviously in our personal lives too, the services may be being, you know, more intimate with the people we love, but I think that there's something about being, that sure, whole idea sure. of being a literary citizen and just, you know, supporting each other and listening to each other and, and saying, recognizing when something's brand new, that it's brand new and wow, that takes a lot of courage to read it. And, um, so I get a lot of energy from mm-hmm. being part of communities of makers, writers, artists who really care about supporting each other. I, that to me feeds me, you know, as a myself. Oh yeah, absolutely. The inspiration mm-hmm. alone, when you leave an event mm-hmm. like that, whether it's a gallery or a reading, whatever it is, like the inspiration alone is so valuable. I mean, I can't tell you, every time I go to one of those things, I come home and either yep. that night or yep. like the next day, I'm I'm writing. Whether it's a scribble in my notebook or or a book I'm working on, whatever it is, the inspiration is almost yep. like like a contact high, right? Like it's just exhilarating. It just hits you on a level where you mentioned, you know, being a, a literary citizen. I mean that you're absorbing and you're consuming, but you're also expelling at the same time, right? So you're you are taking from the community and you're providing for the community, and I think that's that's a mindset that extends beyond the literary realm, right? Like you said, like your, your service to others uh, can be and take many different forms, whether it's, you know, parenting, whether it's helping, you know, your neighbor shovel their driveway, whatever it is, those, those little mindset twists, like once you kind of start seeing life in that manner, it helps your art. It comes back and it like, you can pull stories from those moments to share. And the other thing I wanted to touch base on and, you know, you kind of made a really good point here about uh, it, uh, putting yourself in a vulnerable situation where you you're sharing 
a new piece where you don't know how the audience right. is going to receive it. Um, one of the past guests I had on the podcast was a guitarist for this um, punk rock band. And he was talking about performing li- like a new song for his, for his audience again, pre COVID, but he's talking about that same vulnerability right. of like, we don't know if this is going to rock. We don't know if the crowd is going to like yeah. this, but you kind of have to take that step. You have, you have to put yourself there to see if it's going to work or not. Cause if it doesn't back to the drawing board. And if it does go for it. Right. I know like when I read things out loud, and especially if I'm using, you know, the, the, the written piece Absolutely. in front of me, it helps Absolutely. me catch my grammar mistakes. Right. No, like, true. and that's just, that's just me, but I know like little things like that, like really help improve your art and you don't, you don't definitely, really realize definitely. it until you're in. The oh no, book, reading out. I mean, it's you know? it's such a valuable step in in the process of writing. I mean, I I I encourage my students, no matter what kind of writing they're doing, even if they are writing an academic an academic paper, you know, read it out loud before you submit it to me because you're gonna you are that's yeah. gonna be probably it could potentially be half of a grade higher if you just read it out loud. Just you're gonna pick up on things and right. Um, so yeah, that yeah no, it's 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 true. And you know, and I just also want to say, you know, the service part, like just using that word and tossing it around and talking about it as a concept. I mean, I think there's also, it's important to remember service to self too. And, and also like, you know, I know we've mentioned social media a bit, you know, here and, and I, I, I jumped into the social media world really around the time that my book was coming out and I had not been, I had, didn't have a Facebook, I didn't have anything. Um, And I, sort of made the decision that with the book coming mm-hmm. out and with also with the diversifying, you know, my, my teaching, um, oper- you know, the opportunities that I, that I have for teaching and, you know, the classes that I'm teaching freelance. Like I, th- I just realized, right. I think that the, this is the time and I use it for my work primarily. Um, and, you know, again, that's the same kind of thing. Like I feel as though it's really, you know, it's, 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 it's being a citizen, it's being literate, media literate, right. And recognizing, you know, what feels um, Mm -hmm. right for me, where my boundaries are. And so I've gotten a lot of great ideas and met interesting people in my writing universe through social media. But I think I I have sort of, you know, I have a certain, um, I have some boundaries around it, you know, you know, it's, and I, we were actually talking right, about this. Right, sure. Um, we were just talking about this. With, I was talking about this with my kids, like, like how, how our culture and education and how um, we teach very young children about that, because that's part of, you know, the universe now, or not maybe, you know, it's part of, it's part of the immediate culture. Yeah. Um, and it can be a really wonderful gift, but it can also go sour very quickly. So, yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's important. I, you know, that's one thing I am noticing with the whole, we were talking about teaching on Zoom, um, like digital mm. etiquette isn't really a skill that's taught, right? Like, you know, it's tough right now because you have kids who are kind of like thrust into this model of online learning that was essentially meant for adults. But now you have, you know, you have K through 12 kind of participating in this learning model without being taught how, without being taught like what what like the etiquette is like when you're talking to somebody, like right. don't try to talk over somebody else on zoom because they can't hear you, you know? And we're, I know we're all learning there. Like I know there's not, everyone's not a expert in that realm, but you know, that the, the art or act mm-hmm. of thinking mm-hmm. about that process, about the skill set behind it is a step in the right direction. So even if there's no, you know, class or course that's available to learn those skill sets, I think it's important for, um, everyone, parents or non-parents, to kind of start 
leaning towards that because that seems to be the direction the culture like you said is going right like there there needs to be that digital literacy skill because you know i mean you know as well as i do like things on the internet aren't always true things you put on the internet are going to last forever you know even if you delete it it's still there um and it's something that's not necessarily being taught in schools that's kind of like uh you know parents job and you know there are parents who haven't quite understood that themselves yet either so it's it's difficult to kind of shape that future when it's still kind of happening at the yeah, same no, time. Yeah, no, and it's it goes process, back to, you know, what you're just what saying, saying. I mean, it, it, this is, again, things just change so quickly and there's just a fast-paced nature even to the, yeah. you know, technological uh, uh, opportunities and, and availabilities that we have to us, the platforms, the the programs. And, you know, and again, I mean, you know, I, obviously this is a theme in what I'm, the way I'm speaking today, but I think this is just also reality. I mean, there's, there's some really wonderful aspects of that. I mean, you know, we, we get to see yes. great strides in science and, and in all different in, in, you know, in all different areas because of technology. Um, but again, we, you know, there's also, there's also, um, you know, there's a dark side and I think just being aware and just, you know, and just right. talking about it and being aware and, and, you know, and giving people a chance to, to learn as well. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the goal is, you know, to understand where mm-hmm. we are all in a constant state of learning. And I mean, that's, Again, it's it's a process. Once you understand that, it's it's empowering because you can then you can kind of start to pick and choose what it is right. you want to focus on, what you want your goals to be. Yeah. That kind of like puts you down that path. But until you realize that, yeah, no, you're kind of aimless, and it kind of, what I, kind of working on everything. You know, that I said earlier when you would ask me some wonderful question. I can't even remember the exact question it was, but this idea of like you even continue to learn um, after the experience is over. Um, or like my book, like, you know, I mean, I yes. still am learning about the stories that I wrote in that book. You know, it's not like I wrote the book about the, you know, those, I put the stories in the book, the book is, is done, it's made, it's in a book, and now the stories are over, or like, I, there's nothing left to learn. I mean, I'm still thinking about right. those life experiences and how I understand them differently than I did when I was writing them or I'm st- even with COVID. I mean, I taught a class uh, a few months into COVID um, called writing the everyday now, you know, and it was really just basically saying like, mm. I think we're all obviously living in a very unusual wild time and let's maybe go to the page and just document because these are important things to document. And, and it wasn't about trying to say, make a perfect essay or get this published. It was basically just saying like the everyday is precious and, and it's hard and it can be ugly and it can be Mm -hmm. scary and it can be traumatizing, but it can also, you know, I mean, obviously it can also be beautiful and pleasurable and, you know, and filled with discovery. And so just the idea of saying, especially in a time where, we're all experiencing something new together, go to a piece of paper and just make something on that page that represents where you're at in the moment. So that was a cool thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recognizing the value of the everyday, the value of the moment, the tiny ordinary. Um, that's another class I teach called the tiny and ordinary, like the tiny ordinary moments. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm big on obviously. I like, love that you know, of this idea that we're, you know, we wake up and the world and our human experience is really a laboratory available to us. Like, 
you know, um, and that also demystifies mm -hmm. it for students, for students who are maybe but even, you know, concerned that they don't do it right or they can't do it right. I mean, you are filled with stories, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. right. It's, it's the power of now, right? The present, the present moment. That's, that's where everything is taking place. Your, your, your memories, your past are determined mm -hmm. by your present mm -hmm. moment. Your future is determined by your present moment. Right. And it, it's important to kind of, sometimes you have to recenter yourself. Um, and it's, you know, that's something I I'm certainly not good at. I'm trying to get better at it, but like trying to sit down and like, fo like, like you said, like kind of write down, force yourself to, to journal, to scribble, whatever you want to call it in a notebook, mm -hmm. forcing you to kind of think about the now what's mm -hmm. happening to me in this everyday moment. I think that's, that's important from a, from an artist perspective and from just a, a human perspective. Right. I mean, that, that's what ultimately that's what, and I say to students also just, at whatever it is, you know, doing. it's okay to write on that paper. What's happening for me right now is that I don't know what I want to write and I'm having anxiety about not, not having yes. the words, the words are not coming. I mean, if you have to write, the words are not coming. I don't know what to write over. And, you know, that's okay too. I mean, it sounds crazy, but that something will shift, you know, you know, mm -hmm. well, we, we were talking yeah. about the, before we started recording the blank canvas and we were talking about your work in progress, which I definitely want to shift to, uh, in a moment. But I mean, that's, that's kind of what you're talking about. It's like this blank canvas. And like, you don't always know yeah. how you're going to feel you you don't know how you're going to fill that painting. You don't. And then sometimes it comes to you and it comes from your gut and a place you don't even realize it's coming from other times you have to kind of yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> got to paint something. Now nah, I don't like that. I'm going to paint over it. Right. It's, it's not Absolutely. the same for everyone and it's going to change day to day. And I think once you embrace that, once you understand that, that's where that empowerment comes from. That's where the value of reflection and yeah. learning in every moment really stem from. So let's, I want to kind of jump gears. We're and not really too much of a sidestep, but where are you out now with your new work. I know you said you weren't really sure where it's yeah. going or what it is yet, but do you want to talk about sure, that process absolutely. a little bit? Because so I feel I, like it, it lines you know, up. With I, I, um, I started right. Well, I have to say that um, my new work, I don't think would be happening in the way that it is happening if I, um, if I hadn't started walking as regularly as I have been walking since COVID hit. So I typically, my work life before COVID was two hours a day in a car um, because I commuted, you know, I'm maybe mm. not, maybe not five days a week, depending on my, cause I'm an, you know, I adjunct and I freelance. And so I kind of bop around different places, but I mean, at least four days a week, I was driving in right. a car for usually anywhere between 90 minutes and two hours, not one way, but you know, both ways, but, and that, that afforded me great thinking time and I, right, right. I don't mind driving. So that's, that needs to be said. But when that, wasn't happening anymore. I, um, I kind of amped up my walking schedule and walking has really allowed the opportunity to think in a different way. And so I've, I, so that, that's just important to say, um, I'm still writing short form glimpses. That form has not, I haven't deviated from that form. I'm still, thinking I'm still honoring memories and and life experiences that have never left me and so have been filed away through the years in this file filing cabinet inside of my you know myself um that I'm just sort of 
dusting mm -hmm. off and, and reimagining on the page. And so some of them really, I think some of them actually read to some degree like prose poetry, they're short, others, um, you know, are a little longer and I'm just kind of bringing them, bringing them to the surface and looking at them and exploring them. And, and maybe, maybe if, if the, if everything sort of, if the planets align, maybe making some meaning from them. Um, I'm very interested in micro memoir these days. Uh, and so interested in this, you know, and also like flash nonfiction and writing short form, again, scene driven work. So mm -hmm. I've just, I've really just been writing a series of these pieces, again, thinking that, you know, at some point, maybe we will string them together or place them next to each other. Um, we'll see. So I'm just, I'm continuing with that sort of energy and that form right now. And, and it feels for right now, it feels right. Again, I don't know precisely what it's going to become. But for right now, it feels like I'm making work that that, you know, energizes me. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where good art comes from. I love how you're using the uh, the yeah. vignette, yeah. almost kind of like vignette style of these like micro moments. It's funny you say that, too. Um, the novel I've been working on that I'm trying to I'm trying to put out this summer um, experiments with the same style of like telling a story yeah. in yeah. Uh, like short bits. Right. Like so some like you said, like some chapters are. Uh, oh, like I a paragraph and then others it. are I can't a couple wait to pages read it. long um and that's not thank you thank yeah, you it's sure. it's been fun experimenting with that style um mm -hmm. I, i'm not, i am used to the very much the traditional right. novel approach where like you know 10 page chapters kind of thing not that there's anything wrong with that but with this specific work I, it kind of started the same way like i was trying to you know document emotions that I was feeling at the time. And it kind of, I took on a whole nother approach, turned into mm -hmm. like this sci-fi thing that I didn't really see coming, but I kind of went with it. And then I started realizing like, oh, I can tell, I can, I can express such sure. a deep emotion sure. in, you know, a hundred well, words. Actually, a and it's not easy yeah. to do, but it was fun experimenting. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I think that's what that, you know, yeah. that combined with the, the internet lifestyle, it's, I'm I'm noticing a lot more flash fiction, flash memoir, yes. um, kind of pop up in like the literary yeah. journals as far as the writing community goes. Yeah. Um, interesting to see how that's evolved too. Like I remember when I first when I first started blogging, mm -hmm. uh, Jesus, 12, 13, 14 years ago, 15 years ago, the internet was a very different place. Like you still had print journals, and you had like maybe right. like a sister uh, online journal. And it, they were trying to publish like long form fiction. And then there was like this shift like around 2010, 2011, where things started, I guess, around the birth of Twitter, where things started right. kind of producing the short form. Right. Um, I don't know. It's interesting to see how, at least in my own work, I can't speak for everybody, but like how it kind of that, that, uh, that, I guess, what's the word yeah, I'm looking limited. for? Maybe the, the boundary yeah. Yeah. or the limitation of like, using less words really shaped the way that mm. I think about not just my writing, but like life, like these little moments you experience throughout the day. Like you're chatting with your neighbor about, you know, the, the, <laughs> your, your yard dimensions or, or, you know, you have this conversation with your child who says something totally profound, not even yeah. recognizing that they're saying something prof uh, so profound, like those little like moments like that can teach us so much. And 
when you sit like uh, to bring it full circle, when you sit down to like reflect and try to write something about that, that's where those ideas turn into like these massive concepts. Absolutely. That you can really I, I'm, uh, yeah, same thing. Big, big, big believer in, you know, kind of eyes and ears wide open and, and really seeing closely what's right in front of you as much as you can. Um, because so often nestled in, in those moments or in those, you know, in those glimpses are things that we never really thought about, um, you know, and or ways to see that experience mm -hmm. or even the current world in a way that is new and fresh and, you know, kind of flips it over, um, you know, if, if, if the moment yeah. is right. And sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes you just sort of move on or. But no, it's, it's very true. Um, I, I, yeah, and I, I agree with you. I'm seeing a lot of short form, um, you know, short form uh, literature out there, too, which is exciting. It's exciting to me. It is, I, you know, I think we're witnessing like a shift in how mm -hmm. stories are being told in, in narrative storytelling. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you saw the same thing when like Ted talk came out, right? Like when Ted talk first kind of hit the mainstream, it shifted the way that we absorbed and told stories. And I think that's, I, you know, I don't, I think it's a beautiful thing because it's, it's yeah. the culture yeah. is affecting yeah. its own yeah. culture. Yeah. It's almost like a zeitgeist kind of thing. <laughs> Anyway, um, I think this would be a great to transition okay. over to the quote unquote rapid yeah, fire definitely. questions. Do you want to switch gears here? All right. So um, I always call these rapid fire, but <laughs> they end up never being quick, short mm -hmm. responses. They mm -hmm. can be if you want. You can answer these however you want to, but don't feel like they have to be short form. Um, so the first question is what are you currently reading right now? I am would currently you reading. Anne Lamott's new book, which is, I would definitely recommend it to listeners. Um, it's called uh, Dusk, Night, Dawn on Revival and Courage. I just started it two days ago and I love it. I love her um, and I'm currently reading that and I definitely recommend it. It's a great, um, it's, it's quintessential Anne Lamott, um, her bird by bird, which you probably know most writers do. Um, is kind of a classic. And so this oh, yeah. is her newest book and I'm loving. Talk about, Absolutely. talk about being inspired by people just by, you know, reading their work and stuff. She is one of the most yeah. influential. Yeah. Like you said, I was going to bring up bird by bird. I'm glad you did. That's yeah, definitely for sure. If you call yourself a writer, you have to read that book. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to check time. that out. I didn't even yep. know that she had a new book out. I'll have to add that to my queue. Dustin, I done. Okay, cool. Um, so question number two, uh, what's your favorite meal, your favorite dish? This could be to consume, to prepare and cook. It could be for yourself, for friends and family. Um, there's no pressure here either. I've had people on the show who are like, you know, these exquisite pastry chefs and they had this crazy thing. And then I've also had people who are oh, just like, great. Oh, that's you great. know, I make some really so, good French fries. Um, <laughs> I, well, let me just say that I love to cook. And I also do write about food a bit, you know, food was definitely braided food stories and, and food braided into my memoir. And I've written a bit mm -hmm. about, um, food and, and grief also and, and loss. Um, so, well, one thing that I love to, to make, and is probably one of my favorite things to make is bread actually. And I've been making it for a long time. I know that there's been a lot of, um, 
eating a lot of sourdough. I've actually never made sourdough bread. But <laughs> Before I know, the but COVID. I feel like I'm hearing a lot about making sourdough bread during COVID. Um, I just make a very simple Italian bread that I love to, to you know, I love to make to accompany a meal. Um, probably my favorite, um, my favorite meal to make would be something pasta related. Uh, I love to make lasagna. I think that's like just such a, I don't know, it's a, it's a meal that, um, you know, my family loves. It takes a long time to make it, you know, in the way that I make it. And um, so it's kind of that, you know, making something with care right. and the layers of it too. You know, it's just time, it, it takes a while to, to, to make those layers. So I love to make lasagna. Um, but lately I've also like, I've been very into like roasted vegetables where I just toss like all different colors and, 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 mm. and shapes of vegetables and, and, you know, in the oven or even on the grill. So, you know, that is a, that is a, that is kind of a hard question. As far as what I love to eat, I will tell you pizza is probably my favorite food. And I'm a huge, <laughs> speaking of the Jersey shore, I mean, I am a huge Ugh. Marukas fan. So, um, down on the boardwalk in Seaside, Marukas is yeah. definitely one of my favorite um, pizza, pizza choices. Yep. Yep. That's a terrific answers. Uh, I love how you brought up yeah. the care and dedication that making a lasagna yeah. takes. I feel like Pete, that goes underappreciated. I know, like, um, that was one of my oh, my mother's favorite things. To, my mom is uh, full Italian, by the way. Just full disclosure, she, yeah. uh, she, you know, she took her took her mom's recipe kind of thing and kind of put her own spin on it. But I don't think I recognized yeah. how much work went into it until I got a little older, and then I started realizing, like, man, I really should have like yeah. thanked her more for making those delicious dishes. But um, okay, cool. Uh, so the third final question. Don't feel like you have to go profound, but you can if you want to. Uh, what's one life lesson that you want to pass on to our listeners? It could be from the conversation mm. today, or it could be just something else you've been think thinking I'll about lately. I think i stay with what we spoke about today and continue to roll back to, which is, um, you know, I guess just stay in the day and and honor, you know, the tiny ordinary um, experiences that um, surround us every day and that you have the power to um, to make and to, to, uh, you know, to take in, I think just staying in the day and, and honoring tiny, ordinary moments, that would be my final, final profound or not profound quote, life lesson. <laughs> Beautiful. The power of now is that Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle book. Um, awesome. Kathy, it has been a pleasure talking to you today. I am incredibly grateful for your time. Um, where can listeners find you online? Where Thank can they find your so work? Much. It's uh, been check a out your book. Real you pleasure for me too. I had a hunch that we, you know, I was thinking about the podcast and thinking, oh, you know, like what I wonder, I wonder, you know, those kinds of like that kind of energy that you have before something new. And then there was just a part yeah. of me that was like, wait a second, we've never met in person, but I feel like there's a shared sensibility. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to stress over this. And I'm glad I didn't because I think it did just the connections were made. Um, so yes, uh, I'm, I have a website. Yep. So www.kathycurdo.org is my website. Um, and actually, no, it's .com. Sorry about that. Uh, I don't even. I mean, I, I I I maintain it myself, and I don't even know what it's called, right? Um, so yes, I'm I'm on. I'm Kathy Curto. You can find me on the internet. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. I don't. I'm not on Twitter. Uh, 
but um, and yeah, information about my book, which actually just I just uh, released the ebook version, so that's on my website as well. And people can I, I use Instagram mostly, but Facebook as well. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at on the internet. Cool. All right. Um, again, it's been a pleasure. We'll have to connect again. Um, you know, outside of the recording here, I know we were absolutely. talking about the, there's a couple different yeah, things I'm going to pick your brain about, but I, I think there'll be so another publicly. exchange very soon <laughs> with some ideas that we, we did toss around and I, I look forward to a continued communication with you. It's been a real pleasure and I, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to um, listen to more of the podcasts. I know I had told you that I listened to a few, uh, but I love what you're doing with betterism and Thank I love you. the idea yeah. of being able to take some time to take stock in life lessons. Um, it's a worthwhile activity. I could not agree more. And I got to say too, we're, you know, we're about to get off call here, but I am feeling oh, incredibly good. inspired. I'm definitely going to go well, do some good. scribbles in my yard being that it's nice out right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Take care. All right, Have Kathy. A good one. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay. All right. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Well, that's it, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to swing through again. If you'd like to reach out, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at medium.com slash betterism. Be better at whatever it is you're building. And remember, friends, stay learning. <laughs>